Welcome to another episode of the Game Luster Podcast, everyone. I am Trevor, editor-in-chief of the site, and I return as host, and this time I will be joined by our assistant reviews and features editor, Austin. Hello. And one of our writers, Brennan. Heya. Both have been on the podcast before, and so we will get rolling here. In this episode, this is our first episode after kind of the post-E3 coverage uh, recuperation, and we're going to start with a standard, well I won't say standard, nothing standard here, but we're going to start with a currently playing discussion, nothing radical or out there, just a good old standard podcast currently playing discussion, and I'm going to give it over. I think I'll go by um, first letter of first names and give it over to Austin since A comes before B. <laughs> of course, yes. by last names, um, D comes before S, but we'll go with first names. So, Austin, um, you beat Brennan by a letter, so you can start our currently Yay. playing discussion. Damn. Yeah, well... Um... I mean, I've talked about this before. I'm still playing Elder Scrolls Online a bit. Um, Great. Awesome. Nothing's really changed. It's just an MMO, so obviously you're going to be putting a lot of time into it. Um, The biggest thing that I've been doing was playing Dark Souls. I've finally gotten around to playing Dark Souls. I beat Dark Souls 1. Nice. Um, Fellow fellow writer George, he... uh, I think it's George. Is that how you say his name? (laughs) Um, Many ways to say it. I say yeah, Jorge. So, he says it's really like Jorge or something. I don't know. Some say George. Well, for the purpose of this, we'll just say George, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Um, he gifted me the game because it's cheaper if you get Dark Souls Remastered, and I gave him Tyranny for the Steam sale. So um, I got it on a discount, and man, it if I had to rate it, Dark Souls One was a ten out of ten for me. It was an amazing experience. Excellent. Once it once it clicks, um, because at first I was like, "Wow, this is really difficult." But you know, once you really start getting into it, it gets, I guess, I wouldn't say less challenging, but you're having a much better time tackling all the monsters, the obstacles, and the bosses. Um, and you know, I I eventually beat that pretty quickly because I was having such a fun time. Um, and then I went on to Dark Souls 2, which I actually had before from a humble monthly, but I never really got around to it, and I decided that it was it, it played terribly. And I know <laughs> I, I know it's like the black sheep of the Dark Souls games, so the, the dark um, sheep of the Dark Souls games. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so I bought Dark Souls 3 because that's also a direct sequel, I guess, if you could consider that, because Dark Souls stories are really weird. Um, but it's like a sequel to Dark Souls 1, and I'm currently playing through that right now, and I'm also having a really good time. Um, if I had to pick which one, even though I haven't finished Dark Souls 3, the, my favorite still has to be Dark Souls 1. I mean, it was just a excellent experience all around. Now, Dark Souls 1 came out in 2011, I believe, and that's, of course, the same year Skyrim came out. So, retroactively, well, I would assume you gave Skyrim Game of the Year in 2011, and, you know, 
personally on your own, doesn't have to be like you officially gave it. Would you would you retroactively say that Dark Souls is a better 2011 game than Skyrim now? Oh god, what a question that is. I mean, Skyrim's one of my favorite games of all time. Top 5, easily. And I don't think I've given Dark Souls enough time to say that it's a better 2011 game. I mean, clearly both games have their um, strengths and weaknesses, but I mean, just because I'm in love with the Elder Scrolls franchise, I would still say it's better. I mean, it blew my mind when I played it. Um, Dark Souls 1, I mean, yeah, it it was a really great game all around, but just because I'm so invested into the Elder Scrolls series... My fanboyism, <laughs> I, I would still give that um, the edge, but I mean they're both excellent. Okay, so you joined the legion of people who love Dark Souls. Anything else going on lately in your gaming life? Mm. Well, I'm uh, looking forward. To- you know what? Um, my Xbox One just turned on by itself. That's really creepy. Um, it did? Uh, yeah, it does that a lot. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think it's haunted. Ugh. I think, um, well, I'm looking forward to Octopath Traveler. I can't stop talking about it. That's coming out. It might be out by the time this podcast is out. But, um, yeah, uh, that's probably going to be the next thing I'm going to put a lot of time into. So, hopefully we can all talk about it in a future podcast. Yeah, we can have an octocast. Nice. Oh, beautiful. Yes. yes. You Write are killing down. it with those puns today. <laughs> Thank Write you. that down. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <That was> amazing. <laughs> now, um, Brennan, have you been playing anything Dark Souls related lately? Or is there anything you'd like to say about Octopath Traveler? Well, Oh, I can comment on both of them, but I'll be brief on Octopath. Very excited. Very excited. Um, as for Dark Souls, uh, yeah, I've been a fan for a while. A friend of mine introduced me to the series um, a couple of years ago. Played through Dark Souls 1. Loved it. Played through 2. Didn't love it as much. Didn't touch 3, but I beat Bloodborne like four times. That was one of the only wow. games on PlayStation that I platinumed. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in that game, and I spent even more time on YouTube looking up the the lore and watching the Vadi uh, Vidya guy. Um, he does really good lore videos. And then I read some guy wrote this like 40 or 50 page thesis on the lore and themes and narrative structure of how Dark Souls like reinvents H.P. Lovecraft and the Lovecraftian horror genre. I read the whole mm-hmm. thing. In one sitting, it was amazing. Wow. It was it was like some guy wrote a dissertation on the whole thing, and I was like, "Yeah, this is how I'm gonna spend my Sunday." So, do you recall uh, where it's I'm, posted at? I have a yeah. He posted it on I think it was on Reddit somewhere, but he posted it on um, like a Google Drive. Like I've had this in my Google Drive for months now, and every now and then I I catch myself reading it, just snippets. Um, but yeah, I I have I have access to it. It's it's a really good paper actually. Was it, like, something he wrote on the side for fun, or did he actually write it for a publication or for a school or something? You know, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure if he wrote it for school or if, if it was just for fun. I wanna, I'm gonna bank on that it was just for fun. And that's why to me it was just so incredible. Like, he did not have to write any of that, but he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mad props to that guy. Even if he had to do it for school, mad props. Yeah. Being Reddit, I wouldn't be surprised because people will do anything for karma. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad that, uh, I always like hearing uh, when people get into it. Like, my, funny story, my little brother, he got Dark Souls 3 for one of the Steam sales a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and he never played it. Um, but he tried picking it up a couple days ago, and he, he did the same thing that Austin did. I bought him Dark Souls Remastered because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been playing, he comes into my room, you know, once every hour telling me, like, what he's done this time. Like, who's which boss he did, or how many times he died in <laughs> this one part. And, you know, and I'm... I'm trying to throw down some elderly brotherly advice and uh tell you you know go farm for titanite shards you loser or yeah. you're good or <laughs> i had him i <laughs> awesome maybe you can appreciate this i told him in his entire run not to use shields he's not allowed oh. to use shields oh god no so i he, would never so, have eaten it so he dodges no but then that's how i play because again after playing bloodborne like, after playing Dark Souls, you, you play with the shield, you understand how important the shield is. You play Bloodborne, they take away the, the shield, and you're given a rifle or a pistol. And it's just for parrying, for the most part. Um, or yeah. at least that's how I used it. And I, uh... Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, I, I just used um, the Grass Crest shield on my back, usually, just for that extra stamina region. I mean, it was so so essential to my build that I couldn't think of not doing a shield. Yeah, I mean... Certain builds, yeah, absolutely revolve around it. Um, but I, I just playing after not having one, I was like, this is the superior way to go. If they can't hit you, you're never going to take damage, period. You know, like, you'll never be in a position where you can take damage. And surprisingly, it's actually worked quite well for him. Like, he, he's, he said that he, it clicked, or it seems to be like it's clicking for him a lot faster than I thought yeah. it was going to be. I thought he was going to give up. But uh, no, he even came in before the podcast started. <laughs> wow, this, was, uh, so this is a current thing. Yeah, oh yeah, he's playing right like now. Like live, live his... news. He could come in during the podcast and be part of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was, I was afraid I was going to have to be like on push to talk because I thought he was going to have to come. I thought he was going to come in and pop in, but I told him I had a podcast and he shouldn't <laughs> come in. <laughs> so he's he's doing remastered, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has he made it to Ornstein and? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Smog. Or Smo, yeah. I think it's Smo. Smo or Smo, I never I never know. Um uh yeah, he um he did that yesterday and nice. he soloed him after like oh, man. less than ten tries. Yeah, it was nuts. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I was blown away. Like the first time I did that, I you I summoned Solaire and I had to a friend my the friend that introduced me to the game, right? In Dark Souls, if those who don't know um, in order to summon someone, they have to be within, like, a certain s- level within you, uh, like, between certain, I don't know, it's five or below or five above, something like that. So my friend Max didn't have any characters that were around my level at the time, so I remember him having to go back, play the entire game, and get to my level just to help me with Orange and Smell. Like, oh I had my to god. W- I had to wait, like, hours for him to help me instead of me trying to do it myself because I'd already failed so many times and then this kid comes in you know after i come back from work and he's like yeah that was easy what are you talking about and i was <laughs> look like look out what is this i don't I don't know if it was just 
what I told him, you know, playing without that shield and having him dodge all the time or just other advice that I get. I don't know what happened, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. They grow up so fast, you know, <laughs> from yeah, Dark man. Soul newbie to Dark Soul legend. It's crazy. I, I got to the point where I would put on Havel's armor and yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I would just go in there. I, I killed, um, the last boss on my first try because I just, I just tanked those hits with the oh, armor. Wow. And, yeah. Um, maybe I was over leveled. I don't know, but like I was able to do enough damage and survive long enough with that armor to uh, not have any problems with it. Damn, that's crazy. See, I was the kid practicing parries for three hours. Oh man! So I could so I could parry Gwyn and kill him in like three shots. And when I did it, it was amazing. But I lost hours of my life practicing how to parry. And the worst part is, is I don't remember how to do it. Like, I'm, I'm real, I'm not very good oh. at it now. So it doesn't, and I was playing on a keyboard back then too. I should preface that. Uh, okay, so you're playing, like, that is the hard mode of Dark Souls is playing with a keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't have a controller at the time. So I used as many key bindings and DS fix, everything that I could do to make my life easier, but it was still really hard. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Lord in the mail. <laughs> They never sent it. Aw. <laughs> I wonder if I should avail myself of this opportunity to reveal my terrible secret. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Do you want to hear my terrible secret? Of course. Can't leave us hanging. <laughs> I've never played Dark Souls. Oh, Oh, that's no. what you should. That's what you should stream, man. You should stream yeah. yourself playing Dark Souls. That'd be Call so fun to watch. Game journalist, come on. Yeah. No, hey. I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk because freelance. I haven't played it. Freelance games journalist. <laughs> There's right, a difference. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I I want to play it. Um, and there were reasons why I didn't. I was, of course, aware of the game at the time and read about it. But in general, well, I'll preface this by saying. I am a curious gamer. I do like playing games, even if they don't sound appealing. I think it's an enjoyable thing to do to learn new forms of games, and especially as a games writer and a freelance games journalist. I, I'm i not turned away from games simply because they might not sound appealing to me. But at the time, I was in college and not yet a games writer. And though I did have a curiosity with games... um. I also, well, I also had Skyrim at the time, and I'm not a big fan, (laughs) I'm not a big fan of boss fights in general. Um, I think boss fights can really slow the flow of a game. Um, I think they definitely have their place, and they can be enjoyable, but a lot of times, and in JRPGs, of course, it's different. Um, In those, I can tolerate boss fights more, unless the form is just gets too crazy, but I, in general, I, I don't like boss fights, and I'm not a huge fan of extremely difficult games. Um, I will play them, especially if I ever have to, which may be in the case of Dark Souls, to be more gaming literate as a games journalist. Um, I need to play it, but that's why I passed it up at the time, because it's like those two things. So it was like a double whammy, a difficult game that centers around boss fights, Plus, I had Skyrim, and that equaled Trevor does not get Dark Souls. Mm. That makes sense. I can see that. You know, I'll, I'll tell you that 
I spent more time traversing the environment and going against those smaller mobs than I did bosses. Like, I had a harder time with, um, the, just, well, anything that wasn't a boss, because you have a lot more patterns to learn, and, like, there's tons of hazards in the environment sometimes. Uh, Sin's Fortress, Brennan will know. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot. You... It's a steady pace, you know, new things will come and kill you as you progress through a zone, um, and that's going to take a lot of time, unless you're really good and just, or you're lucky. Um, the bosses, I mean, if you survive long enough, you'll know their pattern, and it's just a matter of um, practicing a bit, and you'll be able to defeat them. Plus, you have co-op, so if you're, like, ever having a lot of trouble, then just you can summon somebody who's really good at the game to help you out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It might be worth a shot, Trevor. I definitely want to try it out, and I do like. I enjoy going back and playing games I had missed. Um, I'm not. I'm not at all against old games. Datedness, you know. I'm. I'm jaded to datedness. Um, that doesn't bother me at all. I go back and play old games all the time, so that won't turn me off. So I'm definitely interested i want to play it it's just it's joining this huge gigantic enormous backlog that i have um but it definitely interests me can you um can you still get the original version i can't remember like the final word on that from our our chats about it since remastered releases is, is the original version unavailable now i yeah. believe it is unavailable yes okay Oh well. You can get me or another friend to gift you it. Um because it'll be twenty bucks. I don't see it going on sale anytime soon. Um if you don't own the original Dark Souls, then it'd be forty, so just get a friend, you know? Yeah. Well that sounds I'd I'd be interested um in pursuing something like that. Um I am interested in playing it. But, um, so, Brennan, uh, anything else you want to talk about that you've currently been playing? Um, well, I think last we spoke, mm-hmm. I believe I was in a bit of a video game drought. Correct? Yes, you, you were. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been I, a I while. I keep hitting my head on my lamp. There's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if we've, if we're all caught up, then I was in a bit of a gaming drought. Apparently that happens to people. Um. And so I went through with it. But since then, I've had the complete opposite. I've been in a gaming overload. A gaming deluge. Seven years of plenty. I I went through multiple genres, just trying, playing old games, new games, anything that I could to get stick. I I tried NBA, found out that I don't know anything about basketball. Done. Um, The new Sims expansion came out with Seasons. That's cool. I haven't seen that expansion three other times and three other iterations <laughs> of the same game. Done. Uh, what else? Oh, okay. So then this is what my, I guess my main goal was. Is I wanted to play Fallout 4 for its DLC. I had bought the season pass, but I never played the DLC and then I sold my PlayStation because I'm a moron. But I'm actually not because I bought it for a Switch. But that's besides the point. So I never played the DLC, right? So mm-hmm. I rebuy the game, play the DLC... It's pretty good. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be, and nearly 
not worth playing another survival run through of it. Yep. But um I did. And I was like, wow. I wonder what the other ones which were and are like. Which DLC so did I went you back in time? I played Far Harbor uh which was pretty good. Far Harbor was pretty good. Um yeah, it was and all then right. the Nuka Town one is I think well there's other smaller DLCs mm-hmm. where they they give you like more uh building stuff and being able to have your own vault and whatnot. But I didn't do that. I just did the or I tried to do the story DLCs. Far Harbor is cool. You go to a uh a, an island in Maine that is surrounded by fog and there's three different factions. There's the townspeople, there's the synth refuge where you're hired to find this girl who ran away from her family, and then there's the people that worship the radiation as if it were some kind of god. And there's the conflict between the three, and it's very similar to a very small-scale um, New Vegas setting, where you have to pick and choose between the three factions and kind of ultimately decide the fate of how the three of them go along. Whatever. It was pretty good. Nuka Town, uh, they, they just, like, you're, you're role-playing as this character the whole time, right? And then Nuka Town, you get in, and they throw you in this little really awful design section in the beginning. I know it's supposed to be like that on purpose. The whole point of it is that Nuka Town is run by raiders and they capture people from the Commonwealth and take them as slaves to do whatever in Nuka Town. But they make the, when you first get there, you have to quote, run the gauntlet. It's just, I don't know. There's like traps and stuff. You have to run around through it. And then they make you the leader of the raiders. And if you've been playing as a morally good person the whole time, like I was, um, I was like, I can't just be a raider. That goes against everything that I stand for. So the only thing that I could do was uh, murder the whole town. There was wait no a second. West. Oh yeah. Man. So I'm let, not even let me get a... let me get this straight. <laughs> well, we'll get to the murdering the whole town thing later. But first, they made you their leader, just like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. You pass their gauntlet, yeah. and they make you their leader. Yeah, well, so what happens is at the end of this gauntlet, there's a guy, he, there's the boss at, mm-hmm. uh, at the end, and he's in power armor, and it's supposed to be rigged, you know, it, it's supposed to be, um, you lose to him, and then you become a slave, or you die, or something like that. But before you get in, there's another raider guy, and he's like, hey, grab this squirt gun from this locker and shoot him with it, trust <laughs> me, it works. And sure enough, you shoot the guy with the squirt gun. And wow. you're in this um, bumper car rink, too. It's it's like this disco bumper car rink, and you're fighting this guy in power armor. It's kind of cool. Um, he shorts out, you kill him, and then he's like, Haha, I just made you boss. What's up, boss? Go do some stuff in Nukatown, and because I told you to. And I was like, nope, not doing that. You're a raider. <laughs> and you murdered all of them. Well, it was in good practice, because ah. in... In the town, in the Nuka Town market, um, the market is basically where all of the slaves who were formerly traders. Nuka World, before the raiders took over, was a trader settlement. Um, so these are all trader-turned-slaves, and one of them, um, I think it's the doctor, I was getting healed, and she's like, oh, by the way, uh, you could just kill all of the, the leaders of each uh, gang. And I was like, done, I'll do it. Cool, sign me up. And there I were no other them. options presented. Or you didn't, or did you just not persist okay, so to explore other it, options? Well, there, there are. Okay, so you can either. I, I, I found out retroactively that I did this kind of wrong. You, you can do. You can do the whole. Um, 
shebang. You, yeah, you you can like go to the whole, different sections and liberate each town or not town section of the park, and um, it's up until you get to the very end where they're like, okay, um, if you continue on with this, then we're gonna have to raid some of the settlements in the Commonwealth, which are your settlements, by the way, that you've been building up this whole time playing the base game. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like you can start with Nukatown, by the way. Nukatown has a level requirement of 30, so that's pretty late in the game. You can't just start off as a raider. That would make a little more sense, but they pigeonhole you it at the end when you've spent all this time with your settlements, all this time making decisions for you to just be like, oh, I'm a raider. So you could either go through with that, or you can decide to kill them all then and still reap all of the rewards for doing all the quests. I was an idiot and just <laughs> killed all of them without doing any of the quests. <laughs> But let me tell you, it was, it took me like two hours to, and I killed like, uh, a hundred NPCs. It was, oh, insane. wow. What a, what a nightmarishly like in lengthened slaughter you took part in. Yeah, you're a monster. I just, it, I don't know. I felt like, well, maybe not. Maybe most games are like that. It, pretty much. If you take the costumes off of everyone that's just killing npcs the whole time wait well, what whatever. what <laughs> what is like if you think about doom you're just killing people killing hundreds of but people you're killing demons there's a oh, difference between demons and raiders nah they're not people they enslaved other people they're they're monsters and they really are like they're like each each one of the gangs okay as much as i rank on this each one of the gangs uh they each have like a different personality like one is the pack and they've got all the, the colorful AKs and all the wacky clothing. Mm-hmm. But they take people and they make them fight each other. And they make them fight, like, uh, I don't know, rad roaches and stuff. And they humiliate people. Uh, the disciples. There's got to be something that... worse than rad roaches. They make them fight. To be evil. Uh, they pro- probably Yao Guai. No, I don't think that. I don't think they had. I think they had a, a Yao Guai, but I don't think they had death. You would think. You would think. I mean, I mean, it, it wouldn't even be a fair these fight, would it? Loser bad guys acting like they're all tough, putting you in a, a rink like the Roman Coliseum, cheering, battering their shields, <laughs> and all they can dole out are a couple rad roaches. Come on. You should have let them live. You should have shown them mercy. No. I they're just not very smart. So they don't know anything. I mean, if I'm in there, I just squish the darn thing and move on. No, oh, they're big. Uh, I know. I'd, yeah. Well, squish they're it like... with a sledgehammer. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whack him flat with that thing. <laughs> I mean, cockroaches are pretty resilient. But it's it Speaking is from experience. They are resilient, and I I know because I've been dealing with some because, um, mild winters Texas. plus construction, um, have led to. Wild Kingdom, where I live, and there are creepy crawlies everywhere. Gross. Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> it it does. Um, I had one attack me the other day, but that's a rad roach. Story for another time. Oh no, no. Oh okay, no, real, okay. I got confused on one. antecedents there. <laughs> you want to tell us something, Austin? Um, uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> it is interesting though because I've never actually talked with someone. Well, I guess you could say that I've just never actually talked with someone about Fallout. But beyond that, I've never actually talked with someone who went the route of killing everyone in a town or like the destructive route 
It's always been some other option they pursued, yet here you are telling me that you actually, in this one Fallout 4 DLC, you actually decided to go that route. And, like, I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to bring myself to do that. I'm not saying, you know, you're bad or anything for it. I just think it's interesting to hear someone. And I know, you know, your justification for it. It's just interesting to hear. (laughs) Like, you spent three hours killing a hundred NPCs. And the... I guess the point that I wanted to drive home was that after that, after that point, I was like, really? This is, this is the only option that I have. Cause I just come from Far Harbor where you have a multitude of options, mm-hmm. you know? And then you go to Nukatan. I'm like, this is, that's it. I either do the quest and then become a raider or I just kill everyone. Like the, to, in me, to me, Fallout is never about the combat. While that played a, a significant part, there was always a pacifist way to do things. Yeah. There was always a, another option. So I took that and I re-downloaded Fallout 2. I played awesome. that for a bit. And, nice. And it, you know, it, the contrast is just, obviously there's going to be some kind of contrast. They're decades apart. But just the seeing how the franchise went from this top-down tabletop game where it was a heavy focus on on stats and skills and the special system was was actually important and perks were important to and, and radically different by the way there was a perk in fallout 2 that let you if i'm not mistaken kill children which is yeah there are there's dark humor throughout those yeah but then you go to fallout 4 and the perks there are like plus 10 percent unarmed damage and it's like yay yeah. thanks bloody mess you know you know yeah, well, I mean, okay, I, yeah. I kind of like Blade Mess. That, that was that, that was <laughs> yeah. a fun one, you know. But but you know, when it becomes just give fifteen percent damage, it's like okay, this is boring. This the special doesn't matter. I don't put any points into charisma. Let's see, like point one five times one hundred. That's nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I've but yeah, and then I've played yeah Fallout One. I never beat Fallout Two, but I played Fallout One. And, uh, yeah, they, they're they just very, it's very different. You appreciate the same world, but even the world has a different feel in those games. Absolutely. And to drive the point home further, I downloaded Fallout 3, which um, usually, for a while, was unable to be able to play it on certain Windows operating systems. It was anything later there, than Windows Yeah, 7. there were a lot of bugs with it. Yeah, but it was released on GOG and it works fine. Like I, I played it normally, um, and everything was fine. And even playing through Fallout Three, there were I can. While I played it around that time, I hadn't been able to fully appreciate it because I hadn't seen what Fallout was beforehand. But now that I understand what Fallout was, Fallout One and Two, and what Black Isle Studios had envisioned, seeing Bethesda's reinterpretation of that tabletop made a lot more sense. I feel like Fallout 3 feels a lot more like Fallout 2 than Fallout 4. And this just... all Connecting all of these dots and playing the same franchise, but playing radically different games within said franchise, is so fascinating to me. Yes. It just... I don't... I It blows my mind how people can just view one idea in so many different ways and not have it necessarily be bad, but just... Uh, different when shown through different lenses. Absolutely fantastic. I can go on all day about this, but I'm not gonna. Had you played Fallout Three back 
when it came out, or was this your first time playing it on this little Fallout binge? No, I played it when it had first okay. came out, but um, that was the first I heard of it. You know, um, there were—I remember I was hanging out in my local library, and some older kid was like hanging out with me. He's like, "Hey, kid, you hear about this Fallout game?" And he showed me the case, and like there were a guy with mini guns on the back, and I was like, "Dude, that looks awesome!" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, it is, but it's rated M, so you probably can't play it." But I went home that day and played it. Showed him. Got him. And uh, and it was fun. If he hadn't have done that, though, I never would have known about one of my favorite series. Funny little things that can happen. Yeah, mad props to that guy. I remember him being pretty cool, but that's besides the point. Maybe he'll listen to this and he'll be like, hey, it's that guy. If you are, thank you. Thank you. Which. Um, Yeah. It reminds me um, of an aside. It it has it doesn't have to do with Fallout, but it has to do with random person inspiring you to play a game. Maybe kind of, sort of. Um, but uh, it was a guy a guy at the checkout counter. This is a a story my brother and I love to share. It's kind of entered our lore, but it was when <laughs> several years ago. Um, well. 18 years ago, um, we were getting Kirby 64, which we had planned to get for a while, but hadn't gotten around to it. Amazing game, by the way. Yes. And apparently, we were doing this on the same day, or like the day after Paper Mario came out. And the guy at the checkout counter, when we were... And remember, we're just young kids, okay? My brother was kind of like pre-teenish, but you know, we're like young kids, and... We're going to the checkout counter with Kirby 64. The guy is like, hey, you know, before I bring this up, there's this game called Paper Mario that just came out today. It's really cool. You should check it out. And we were like, okay. But the weird thing is, like, he kept going on and on about it. And he was like, I mean, Kirby 64? Why would you get this game? This is like three years old. You know, Paper Mario, (laughs) it has like these hand-drawn graphics and it's like Mario, except it's role-playing. It's gotten some really good reviews too. I love it. I mean, if I'm getting a new N64 game, that's what I'd be getting, you know, not Kirby 64. I mean, it's old. It's one of the weaker Kirby games. And he kept, it was so weird because he kept like going on and on so adamantly and it was like, at a certain point, he was just, like, seriously talking to someone. Like, he wasn't trying to do a sales pitch or anything. And we're just two kids standing there wanting to buy Kirby 64. And this guy is like, come on, why do you want this game? That's so stupid. Get Paper Mario. It's so much better. Why in the world would you want to get Kirby 64? We were like, well, gosh, we just want Kirby 64. Come on. Now, we did, he eventually rang it up. And we got Kirby. Of course, we we weren't paying for it. Our our dad was there and came over, but we got Kirby sixty four. But and we didn't know about Paper Mario. We eventually went back and got it. Not the same place, but anyway. Since and we loved Paper Mario too. But since then, long story short, um, we always joke about the guy who's like, "Why in the world would you ever want to buy Kirby sixty four when Paper Mario has just come out? Come on." So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Now that you know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Retroactively, would you go back in time and swap out Kirby sixty four for Paper Mario? I wouldn't because we eventually did get Paper Mario, so we ended up getting both. And I, I loved getting Kirby sixty four. 
Hmm. Um, but it, right, it, it has led, like, we always wonder, like, if that guy is still out there working at game stores and he's like, what? Why are you getting <laughs> Kirby's 3DS Adventure? Paper Mario Bowser's Inside Story just came out yesterday. What are you thinking, you know? <laughs> it's like his whole life is devoted to recommending Paper Mario over Kirby. <laughs> like I'm in a store, you know, eyeing some Kirby game and I suddenly hear this voice behind me. Why are you looking at that Kirby game? Didn't you hear about Paper Mario Switch Adventure that just came out last week? And I slowly turned around. It's like, oh my goodness. It's that his guy. Life is, his life is probably lost. Yeah. It's purpose now that we've had barely anything from Paper Mario in a long time. Oh, And we just got a new Kirby game. Yeah. Well, he's probably out yeah. there like cold up in some bunker just constantly replaying Paper Mario. Which I can't blame him for. I mean, I'd love to non-stop play Paper Mario and the sequel, but... Anyway, so whenever you're buying a Kirby game, just always think, has a Paper Mario game come out recently? <laughs> and just think about that guy, just how much it would mean to him. I mean, Kirby 64, what the heck are you thinking? Why, who in the world wants to get this game when Paper Mario has just come out. Haven't you heard? Haven't you idiots heard about Paper Mario? It's such a great game. Screw Kirby 64. Anyway. Well. That's uh, Paper Mario and Kirby 64. Which actually even, I mean speaking of currently playing, there are occasionally times where I just boot up Kirby 64. Why? You could just be playing Paper Mario instead. <laughs> True, that is funny. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I wonder that though. Why? Why would I not choose to play Paper Mario? Like when you have Kirby sixty four and Paper Mario, why would you choose Kirby sixty four? It makes no sense. Yeah, really. It's, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, in addition to Kirby sixty four, and no, not Paper Mario, but I have been playing far. Lone Cells. Also pronounced Fa Lone Cells. Or Far Lone Cells. Many ways to say it. But it's an indie game. And you can get it on Steam. It's 15 bucks. I'm working on a review for GameLuster.com. I did put up a GameLuster plays of it where I play through the start a little bit. And I really like it. It's a short game. It's like four to five hours. It's real short. And it's not perfect. Um, I don't think it fully realizes all it could have done gameplay-wise, but in short, it's an atmospheric side-scrolling game set in this surreal landscape. And even like your character, you can't really tell what your character is. He's just this little, this little thing in like what looks like a raincoat and a fedora hat and or like a rain jacket hat and. The closest thing I could come up with is that he's like some little Paddington bear thing, but it's a lot of surreal, nondescript visuals, and you're piloting this machine like a train or a boat. Once again, you can't really tell exactly what it is, so it's surreal in that sense. It's this vehicle, and you're piloting it through the cityscape, and you got to keep the energy and the fuel up to keep it going. you got to... Uh, put out fires when they start, you get a sail, you can put up, you encounter little obstacles and everything, and it's really atmospheric. Wow, what a generic, loaded term to use, really atmospheric, but you can tell the emphasis is on 
a feeling of solitude. You're just this one little guy controlling this vehicle. There's a story hinted at. It's vague, though. It involves, like, it does involve the death of someone that apparently this little thing loved because it starts out with him sitting in front of a picture beneath a tree, and then he slowly gets up, and then you, you walk to the right and eventually get into the vehicle, but it was a really touching emotional experience. Um, have either of you played it or heard about it? It just came out like this past May. It's a recent, recent game. I know about it. Um, didn't look too much into it just because I had a whole bunch of other things on my radar, but, um, I mean, the art style comes to mind. It looks really interesting. And I guess you would say it is atmospheric looking. Um, so yeah, I look forward to seeing what your review has to say about it. Yeah. Um, I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think I'd heard about it. Um, that's the one. Oh, yeah, there's, is there like a, is there a sale on the train in like the promotional stuff? Yes. Yeah, then I know. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the image for it. It's the vehicle with the sails up, um, and then the logo. That's the main image for it. Um, yeah, it comes from Okamotive and published by Mixed Vision, but it's, it's not perfect or great. I wish there had been more to it, especially with the gameplay mechanics, but it was a moving little experience. Uh, maybe, I hate saying, knowing the work they put into it, you know, I hate saying 15 bucks is too much since it's just four to five hours. So I won't say that. 15 bucks is fine because they, they put a lot of work into it. It has really good, like the, the artistic look, the visuals and the animations are just really well done. Hmm. So I played that and in addition to that, um, I don't know how exactly to say this one. It's F-H-T-A-G-N exclamation point. And apparently it's a phrase from uh, the Call of Cthulhu. And it means like dreamer or something. But I played it for another site. Um, and I covered it there. And Fahagton, I guess I'll say, I don't know how to say it. I, I haven't studied the Cthulhu language. I don't know if either of you have, but it's... A little bit. A little bit. Not too verse. Okay. Yeah, I'm a devout follower. Oh, really? Of Cthulhu. Yes. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little scared now. Scared? No, don't be. It's okay. He's sleeping. Don't worry. But okay. when he when he wakes up, he's coming for all of you. No, don't say that, man. Sorry. Okay. I can't, I, can't, I won't be able to sleep tonight. Well, interestingly, <laughs> in this game, you're playing as a cultist whose goal is to awaken the great dreamer. It's small, though. It's a choose-your-own-adventure game. It's mostly comprised of text. And it's set on, like, what would be like a game board. It's a zany little 2D game board. And it's got some spunky big band music playing. And you have, like, eight buildings to click on. And you, you click on them. And any building you go to, it has some scenarios that play out. And you make a choice. And your stats build up accordingly, and you either fail or pass. And there's a lot of humorous, funny stuff in it, like... Especially when you fail something, like... (laughs) Like one time you're setting up to surprise someone on this big, gigantic birthday cake. Somehow it ends up that the scenario is you want to surprise someone, and you got them this big birthday cake that you're hiding in. 
and it notices that you like start to feel different. But anyway, when the person comes in for their birthday celebration and you jump out of the cake, they die of a heart attack. And you realize <laughs> that the cake had magical properties that turned you into a monster. So you're jumping out of this cake to surprise your friend and you become like this horrible, two-horned, scaly, furry monster with long claws. Oh, man. Yeah, it's... And Wait, did you kill your friend of a heart attack? Yeah. And oh. then there are times like where you accidentally turn yourself into a frog or Oh yeah, that happens to me all Yeah, the time. just all all <laughs> sorts of of dark humor in that game and it, it works really well. And it's like five it's just five bucks. I mean it's a small little mini game, but there are mods for it that give you other little adventures to go on, but I had a good time with it. It was fun. I liked the music and the the vibes and the feel. And again, F-H-T-A-G-N exclamation point. However in the world you say that. Oh, f- I think that's Fatagan? Yeah. Because... Oh, yeah, because they say, like, uh, Cthulhu Fatagan, which is, like, Cthulhu the Dreamer. Akuna Matata? Yeah. Dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Fatagan. Okay. Fatagan. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta say it, like, all nasty, like, fuck, you know? Yeah. Fatagan. Yeah, there we something go. Something like that. Correct <laughs> pronunciation. Man, I can bust out the Necronomicon if you want me to double check. Sure, do no, it. Yeah. No, no, That's oh, locked good. up. I'm going to have to good, good. sacrifice some sheep to look at that. I don't have yeah. any hand. Yeah, it's either four sheep or two virgins. And uh, I don't have either, so. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rough I guess life. I should say, oh my Cthulhu. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> well, um, it is a shame that the lock to get to that Necromonicon is so complicated. Um, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. And that concludes our currently playing discussion. And so now we're going to do this little game I've devised. It's like newsreel cold shootout cold reactions, whatever that was, where I would say a news story and you have five seconds. This is what I call five second crossover. And basically I'm I'm not going to say anything except go for whichever person is going. And you've got five seconds and timing will just be an honor system. I mean I'll be, I, I'm not like going to be timing this thing. I'll have my hand, you know, or whatever. Just five seconds, you know. <laughs> and you've got to just spit out whatever two franchises come to your mind or occur to you. Preferably gaming-related, but they don't have to be. And whatever they are, all of us can then kind of join a little brief discussion on how these two franchises might be crossed over. So, and you just got like, if nothing's come to your mind, it's like the first franchises you can possibly say. You just have to spew it out there. And then we gotta try to figure out how would this be crossed over if we mix together these two franchises. I All like right. it. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay, so um, using alphabetical bias with first names, once again, I will let Austin go first. So when I say go, you've got Five seconds, okay? So are, are you ready, Austin? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Go. 
Animal Crossing, and Pokemon. Okay, well that's not too bad actually. Wait. I don't, I don't know how that would. Oh, hold on. Pokemon Crossing. Well, see, you know those mystery dungeon games? I, I think of it like this. You already got, like, talking, kind of personified Pokemon. Wild Villager oh, okay. appeared. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would just be a reskin of Animal Crossing with Pokemon, but, man, that would sell like hotcakes, I have a feeling. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking that you're you're a person, or, like, you're oh. a mayor, and oh, you have no. to, like... You, or you encapsulate your villagers and you make them fight other villagers and or oh, other towns. My God, that's what that, <laughs> that's what I thought you were going with that. And I, I did was not like, have oh, that in mind. It's like a Star that, Trek um, episode. <laughs> oh my God! Someone comes yeah, to what like, horrible thing have you done? You have pictured yourself as a god. That's scary, man. I, <laughs> it, this didn't turn out the way I expected it. <laughs> Well, see, what about the other way, like reskinning Pokemon with Animal Crossing? Uh, yeah, I mean... Like, Professor Oak is Tom Nook, I don't know. Professor Nook. Instead of Pikachu, like, it's Squirrel. They start out those Squirrel hey. characters in Animal Crossing. Yeah, I always love oh, those, yeah, man. They, they were Squirrels. Um, I had one Professor of the original Oak's called like... Filbert. He was my best friend. Oh, I don't like... I don't like Filbert. I'm sorry. Really? You know Filbert? You know a Filbert? Listen, I I went all out in Animal Crossing. I love Filbert. He was my best friend in the original Animal Crossing. Oh, mine was Nate. Nate. Uh, the yellow bear. Yeah. I was all about Ribot. I was so lucky to get him. Who's Rivot? Ribot? Ribot? Uh, the robot frog. Yeah. Robot frog, yeah. Ribot. We had this... We, you know, this is totally going off topic from the, like, two games together, but my brothers and I shared a town and we had this frog named Prince that we absolutely hated. And we, we bullied him relentlessly until he <laughs> moved out of town. So we would surround his, the entrance to his house with pitfalls and then we'd yeah. hit him with, we'd hit him with shovels. With the shovel, <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was pretty terrible. I mean, we, we weren't old either. Shuffle hitting. It was merciless. I would but. always go to the the po the bullet the bulletin whatever and just write really nasty messages to people oh, that I didn't like, man. At, thinking that they would somehow read the post. Like when I was I don't know really little, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, Susie's totally gonna read this. She's gonna know how mad I am at her, and it yeah, never worked. Man. They we, always we gave would... me presents. <laughs> oh, I guess that's what it's all about, right? Well, that friends. was the funny part. Like, anytime I would... Oh, I would send them letters, too. I'd be like, get out of my town, you idiot. And, <laughs> and then they'd be like, thank you for the present. letter. <laughs> yeah, they would give me a present back and be like, thank you for sending me a letter. And you're like, what? Well, I told you to get see, lost. See, sometimes they wouldn't be my friend anymore. Like, I'd say something wrong and, and they'd react to it. I can't remember the exact line of dialogue. And it would crush me, especially when it happened with Philbert. I really loved Philbert oh, back man. in the day. Filbert Wait was a great. If Filbert was your best friend, why would you be in any position for him to not like you? Well, it can what happen. Would you possibly do to him. More like if he was a true friend, then he wouldn't have gotten mad at you. Oh, okay. it gets complicated. Maybe. Yeah, I see that you and Filbert have a tough past. Yes, yeah, we you do. Know how squirrels are. Squirrels are a little <laughs> shifty. Keep that GameCube memory card locked away. <laughs> I don't even want to look at it. 
top secret. But yeah, imagine... Trevor, I haven't seen you in 147 yeah. weeks. Where have you been? Wow, look out. There's a flood of cockroaches coming behind you. It's about to sweep us <laughs> oh, both up. God. Not the cockroaches again. Open your door, it's like... What is it, any one of those movies where like, the plumbing's been bad So while they were on vacation, so when they open the door, water just spills out? It's like that, except with cockroaches. <laughs> you open your door in Animal Crossing, and it's just this flood of cockroaches that comes up. No, it's the weeds Horrifying. I can deal with. Yeah. The cockroaches, not so much. Yeah. But see, I, I like the idea of, like, you're exploring the wilderness as a villager, and, like, the wild animals, like a wild squirrel appears, and you have to capture it with, like, <laughs> a pokey bell or something. I don't know what a weird thing that would be. You, like, ring it I to summon got... them. You could have a nice little town as a Pokemon with a whole bunch of nice little Pokemon neighbors. No capturing, none of that. No fighting. It's just a happy time. Huh. I like the sound of that. Animal Crossing Snap. You're Ooh, like sneaking through Tom Nook's store one. and he doesn't know you're there. <laughs> right when he turns around, you snap his picture and he's like, what the? Get a picture of the money line. Yes, the grafting. Shady stuff he's doing. You give it back to <laughs> Professor Oak, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I see here. It's a perfect photo of Tom Nook grafting and stealing everyone's money. This will be great." You know what? I love Pokemon Snap. Yeah. so that's perfect. The funny thing is, when I first saw that game advertised in stores as a kid, I thought it was a first-person shooter. Like seriously, <laughs> well, I thought, "Wow, they're actually oh making my- a Pokemon first-person shooter." I mean, well, you're, you're not technically wrong. not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on rails. Yeah. You shoot. Yeah, it's a camera, but you shoot. Stand still a second. Bro, I'm trying to apples. I'm trying <laughs> to get a good shot of your friend over here. I'd throw apples at like the Pokemon's head, and they'd look all hurt and stuff. <laughs> Makes for good pictures. <laughs> yeah, throw. Sometimes I wouldn't <laughs> even take pictures. I would just throw apples at people. There were apples at the uh, Cap'n. Animal Crossing Snap. Well, that's another game I need to replay now. Yep. But seriously, what if there's like a Pokemon Bang? And I guess this fits with the crossover thing, but yeah, like, or Pokemon... Pokemon Shoot. Pokemon Pop. Mm. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. Pokemon Life, <laughs> Poke Life, Half Pokemon. You know, I I envisioned as a kid, like a Half-Life... And this doesn't follow the rules of the game, but it is a crossover, like a Half-Life Pokemon crossover, where you're at this facility where they're, like, researching Pokemon somehow, and something goes wrong, and so all the Pokemon are, like, bad, they turn into bad monsters, and you have, you're a scientist there, and you have to escape, and you're fighting Pokemon. Oh, and you just capture all of them. Like, the instead of it being a gun, you just start shooting all of them. <laughs> you, po- you Pokeball them, right? Like, is that how you're imagining this? Or, I hope. Or, or, or am I killing Pokemon? I, I actually imagine, like, killing Pokemon. Oh, like a crowbar. Guns. What the hell, man? <laughs> Hound eyes. Dude. Hound eyes would be Raichus. <laughs> Vortigons would be Electobuzzes. I, like, envisioned the whole thing out. Damn. Jeez. Wow. That's very well yeah. thought out, actually. And the Marines are... Oh, yeah, the Marines. Who They'd be, like, some sort of, like... Well, just some authoritarian figures. 
Or like Pokemon Champ Control, Pokemon Wilderness Control, I don't know. Mr. Mimes. I wouldn't mind shooting up some Mr. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not yeah, good. He'd be a boss. <laughs> and like, well, what would the... um? Whatever those creatures were in, in Blast Pit, if you play the game that can only hear you, like, what would they be? It's an interesting concept. Mm. And, like, the G, like who would the G-Man be? Would he be, like, Professor Oak? Well, I see Professor oh, Oak yeah. looking at you and walking away. Or, uh, Giovanni. Hmm? Oh, yeah, or Giovanni, yeah. G-Man, that works. Yeah, see? It's perfect. Or just straight up Pikachu in a suit. Oh, Detective Pikachu. Wisely done, Mr. Ketchum. I will be seeing you up ahead. Wake up and smell the ashes, Ash. Oh my god. That is beautiful. Yeah. These these puns. I can't. And like in the sequel, Pikachu would would be your little partner, your AI partner. He like runs, bring you bullets and a crowbar and all that. Barney would be Brock. Barney would <laughs> so if you Barney would so be Brock. Brock ah Brock. No, do you? Rem- oh, what? Oh, sorry, no, you go. Sorry, I'm just wondering. Like, is it gonna be gory? Yeah, shooting up M-rated yeah. Pokemon, oh, yeah. man. Holy crap. Pikachu's bad hair day. I mean, really, it'd be... It'd be... Well, it wouldn't be overboard gory, but, you know, there'd be violence. Evil Pokemon. Gibbing. Who would be the head crabs? Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good Ooh, one. Paris. Yes. Ah, okay. Or, or, uh, Krabby, I mean... No, Krabby. <laughs> well, Paris there you go. Of... Who would be the head crabs? <laughs> um, head crab. Krabby, yeah, that's a, that's a like, dumb question. Yeah, there's a Pokemon named head crab. Well, of course, head crab. <laughs> We'll get like um, barnacles would like lick tongues or something. Yeah, they're just like kind of chilling on the ceiling and lick you up, and you're dead. A haunted town filled with zombies that have been taken over by that one Pokemon you mentioned, Krabby, I guess. <laughs> and uh-huh. there's a crazy priest there. Geary's mod would be Geary's mod, as in like the character Geary. <laughs> Oh my a, god! Uh, we're done. We're done. Yeah. This is this is uh, this is a thing. Yes. This is oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Pokey life. Seriously, we need, we should we should use Geary's mod to make Pokey life. I bet. I bet. I would bet like everything that there's. I mean, there's Donkey Kong stuffing. I bet there's Pokemon stuff done with Geary's mod. I don't know if it's that well thought out, but there like a whole Half Life Two mod. For everything. A whole Half-Life 2 mod, filmed in Geary's mod, where the characters are replaced with Pokemon stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if it already existed. I mean, it'd be so great, man. Brock. Brock as Barney would be so great. <laughs> hey, I think you dropped this back at Black Mesa or whatever it would be. What would it be? What's, like, the name of a, a plateau in the Pokemon world? Uh... Well, I mean, it's already perfect because all the towns are color based. Oh yeah, you know, sapphire, sapphire research, sapphire mesa. Damn. Yep. Wow, that's incredible. Pokeball grenades. 
Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, I guess that doesn't count because I didn't have to spurt it out in five seconds, but we'll turn to you now, Britton. So, when I say go, you've got five seconds, and then you got to tell me two franchises, okay? So, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, go. Kirby and Fallout. Awesome. Oh, no. Where did you get that idea from? How how do you think of we that? Were, why not Paper Mario and Fallout? Uh, why? why Kirby? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not Paper Mario? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so Kirby and Fallout. Okay, so Dreamland <laughs> suffers Atomic War. And you raise from the ashes and vault... I don't know. Vault 64? I don't know. What if if Kirby's just, like, mutated, so now he's super buff, and, like, he's just this pink, muscly blob (laughs) from the radiation? I don't know why you'd get buff from radiation, but it seems like everything gets bigger in the Fallout universe. Yeah. Yeah, things don't get smaller. That'd be kind of like an anticlimactic post-apocalypse. Like a real world yeah, apocalypse for really. wanting to see like giant monsters and everything and instead everything got smaller. How boring. Oh my god, we would be we would be the giant monsters yeah. then. Yeah, we would say the same oh size, so it would be like, Oh wow, look at that, it's a rad scorpion. Oh hold on, let me get a microscope. That would be a boring post-apocalypse if everything got smaller. I'm glad things get bigger with radiation, however that works, you know, science, because imagine, like, all the giant monster movies, like, when something goes wrong, it makes the animal smaller. Like, just how boring (laughs) that would be. Yeah, it would be less of a problem, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Them would be, like... You know, oh, look, it's them. <laughs> Squish them with your thumb. Well, they're gone now. <laughs> How? Yeah, I mean, all right, so I'm trying to think of both ways, like a Kirby in a Fallout game and then Fallout. Oh, yeah, Kirby I think the latter. That's, there's some ideas there. Fallout and Kirby. That. I, I don't, how would that work, though? I'm not really. I guess hey, I'm you're not... the one that made it up, right? I just said two random franchises, man. We all have to brainstorm. (laughs) You'd be, you know, a ghoul. If we ever find trouble, we could just replace it with Paper Mario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paper Mario and Fall. That's mine. But no, you could be a ghoul who's like just a head and his feet and arms. And radiation gave him the ability to suck up enemies and use like their weapons if he sucks them up. Oh, that's genius. Okay. I like that. That's I don't. I'm. I can't get this giant buffer Kirby <laughs> running around the Capital Wasteland in my head though. There's got to be a mod. That'd be great. You're you're playing Fallout Three or Fallout Four, and you see the silhouette, and it ends up being a giant Kirby. <laughs> oh, man. Instead of a Death Claw, it's just a Kirby. But like, if you use Vats, what would you target? Like how? <laughs> like oh, let me target his head. Like, what would you do? I guess you get head Face. and feet. Face like. Well, like, each of his appendages is one, and the body, and then maybe his face. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. eyeballs? Mouth? Would you shoot his... No. Because he'd just suck mouth. up the bullets. Yeah, yeah, I don't... 
Uh, yeah, face, I guess. He'd be invincible, really. Yeah. He sucks up a death claw. What would he look like if he sucked up and used a death claw? Like, what would death claw Kirby oh. be like? He'd get, like, really big claws and uh, big teeth. Man, it's horrifying Horns. thinking of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Oh, big tail. Well, can Kirby... I don't know if Kirby can just get a tail, but... I think, does Pikachu Kirby have a little tail in Smash Brothers? I think he does. Yeah, I think it's just part of a hat, though. Oh. Hmm. Well, that there's a lot of ground there, and a lot of this, it's like it comes back to the idea we need to make mods. And I bet there are mods out there for these games, Kirby and Fallout. But really, we need to mod a Kirby game to put Fallout and It. That's the thing that needs to oh, be yeah. done. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Kirby. Kirby. Irradiated Squeak Squad. I don't know. Kirby. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to name it because it's just it's just Kirby and it's just Fallout. Yeah. Like there's Kirby. no Fallout sixty four. Curb out. Yeah, oh, curb yeah. out. Folly. Yeah, folly doesn't work as much. Folly. No. <laughs> curb out and Fallout 64. Yeah. Furby. I like that. Fur- I like that. Furby. Furby. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, well, now... For me, one of you two has to say go. I can't say go to myself. And I'm going to try to clear my mind and just spit out the most random thing. So just so if, if one of you two can say go, I'll, I'll give myself five seconds and see what I can do. Okay. Oh, man. All right, let's see. Okay, I'm going. Let's see. Um, uh, Tomb Raider and... Tomb Raider and uh, Pikmin. Uh, I don't know. I ran out of time. Holy crap. Ooh, that might be doable, actually. Because, like, uh, Pikmin, everything's super small. Hmm. So, like, scaling a tree would be the equivalent of Lara scaling, like, a a mountain or something. And then getting the treasure would be, like, getting some kind of fuel or part which pretty much already sounds like pinkman yeah. itself but in a more dramatic way or I guess in a more puzzly way i guess it depends on how you like your tomb raiders just um you know have all the modern friends raiding a tomb there you go done it's already <laughs> in the real world technically um i guess so i mean there's a lot of cool stuff that could happen i guess if you're because i I haven't played Pikmin in a while, but it's just basically uh, nature environments. Nothing like no ruins, no tombs or anything. But I wonder if you went into something man-made, like, that might be cool. Like a Lego set? A Lego set sitting out in the backyard that some kid forgot about? Oh my god. Wow, that's actually beautiful sounding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that wow, that's so hey, Lego they, and Pikmin, done. 
Lego Pikmin and Don't Tomb Raider. Go. Lego Tomb Raider Pikmin. Wait. Now you're In cheating. Pink- I haven't played Pikmin in forever. Are you really... You're not... You're on a different planet where everything is well. Bigger, it's suggested, right? but they're all. It's all. It yeah. could also be suggested that you're on Earth and it's like some Twilight Zone weird thing where you're like a person from a small world or like went through a time warp. I don't know. I've I've theorized remember, that you're on Earth. Okay. There's there's a Duracell battery in the okay. first game, and I remember that. So, I mean, that's is that Earth? Huh. That is interesting. I never knew Why that. would there be a Duracell battery? Or it was Energizer or something like that. Maybe it's a parallel world, but that gets too too complicated. But once again, like, okay, so you put Pikmin and Tomb Raider, but the opposite, like putting... Or like, how would you fuse, like, Pikmin into a Tomb Raider game? Or like... Like Captain Olimar... Swinging around tombs and stuff. Well, he would just use the Pinkman as like yeah. a rope. Oh yeah, that's right. He would. His grapple would be <laughs> shooting Pinkman up. Yeah, it would just they would just help him like without with all of his tools and stuff. I guess and he wouldn't really kill anyone. He would just have to, or he just beats them to death with Pinkman. I don't know. Yeah, he he just toss him on him like he does in the the Pikmin games, he just, he'd have like a supply of yeah. Pikmin that he uses for attack. What if, uh, Lara Croft took the role of Olimar? Yeah, and was shrunk down to size, so that mm-hmm. you don't just see your foot come down and squish all the Pikmin accidentally. But yeah, um, that would be interesting. I would, like, I could see that. I could see Lara, like, being shrunk down really small, right? And there's like a tree, and she has to get on top of the tree, but the trees there's pinkmen everywhere. So she's gotta like kill all the pinkmen to get on top of the tree to get I don't know if I'd have her killing the pinkmen though. I might have her using them. No. <laughs> like now she has to use the pinkmen to do what she could have done herself at normal size. You know, they're disposable, so it's okay. Well yeah, like I'm thinking that she's in the pinkman world and she's not She's hostile or they're hostile to her? They're hot, yeah, because they're like, who are you? What are you? You're, you're not. I I don't know how Olimar can talk to them. He whistles. Maybe now's a good time to say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't played a Pingmin game in forever, and even when I did, I didn't like it. So I'm very biased here. Oh man. Let's see. Yep, I haven't played yeah, a game in sorry. forever, and I hated it when I did. Might be a hint of bias. Yeah, yeah, Pinkman, bad times. I never finished Pikmin 3, I just started that one. I did play the first two through multiple times. I didn't like the time limit thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of turned me off too. I thought it was fun. I watched I like my was brother. I thought it worked, you know, it has some pressure. You gotta go out there, seize the day, get all your resources and stuff back in time. As night's falling, you gotta be sure to get all your Pikmin put up in their onions. There's a lot of pressure in that game, and, and I, I never yeah. really like time limits because I just kind of want to take my time with the game and go at my own pace. And then in uh, Pikmin 2, there were dungeons, though, that you could go into, and I believe in them the time was suspended while you were in the dungeon. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, but then 
who knows, you might lose all your Pikmin. They're going to get yeah. massacred. It would happen. It was a war of attrition. I remember one dungeon in Pikmin 2. And I hate it because unlike either of you who think that Pikmin are disposable, I always got attached to my Pikmin. I hated it. It <laughs> killed me. One time I had left one lone Pikmin behind after a day. And as the onions were flying up and all of our ship was going up, it was a, a level with the little bug bees, and it was so horrible. I saw the one little Pikmin I left behind oh, looking God. up, and these bug bees came out of the oh. ground and just piled over him. It was terrible. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. makes me so sad losing Pikmin. I, that's, those games always had a touch of sadness to me because I hated losing Pikmin. That sounds so traumatic. Oh, my God. That is very sad. And like the whenever you come across some horrible monster like the final boss of the first game or these they were on the main cover art of the second game these little crawfish looking things in Pikmin 2 and how they eat Pikmin and everything I just hated I hated it but anyway it was the long uh, drawn out dungeon in Pikmin 2 and by the end of it I was so short on Pikmin but there was a final boss and I just barely made it through and I'm all the more with like my health beeping and I've just got like three Pikmin, and it was like, man, we just got wiped out. Oh. Sad. Very sad. Yeah. Or maybe like, do it, do it, this crossover, instead of having an army of Pikmin, Olimar has an army of Laura Crofts. Oh. oh Red Laura Crofts, blue Laura Crofts, yellow Laura Crofts can carry bombs. They also go higher. Alright. I'm, I'm digging it. Or, um, huh. imagine if you're Laura Croft leading around a big army of Captain Olimars. Ooh. That'd be weird. Yeah, it, it's like a, like a baby, you know? He looks like one. But it'd be a whole army. Uh. I'm not convinced on this one, Trevor. Laura Croft finds the secret tomb of, like, the late Lord Olimar or whatever, and she awakens it, a curse in it, and an army of Olimar starts seeing her as their god. <laughs> She's, like, going back to Croft Manor and, in her car, and she can't escape them. They're, like, running behind her. They're hiding in her trunk. There's like a motorcycle that drives by her and all the little Olimars have formed into like the form of a person driving this motorcycle and she can't escape. <laughs> oh my god. What do they want? Wait, so how did she get rid of them? Like, she can't. Where does it go from there? She can't. She's cursed. <laughs> the rest of her life. They'll be like peeping in, knocking on her window, crawling under her door. As she's eating so her breakfast, they'll be coming out of her food on her breakfast like ants. Oh. Or what about this? Can other people... Imagine... Yeah, go for it. You're a giant Pikmin leading around an army of Olimar's and Laura Cross. Huh. Can I be a blue one? Can I be a blue Pikmin? Yeah, sure. Alright, that's that, um, game. That's fine. I'm all about those chubby purple ones. <laughs> what, can I throw them at random? The Olimars and Laura Crofts? Yeah, you can throw them. Oh, You'd have nice. to. Wow, that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. You'd, I don't know what you would throw. Like, 
I can imagine the Laura Cross being more useful. But Yeah, they could climb things and survive fire. Meanwhile, Willemore could swim, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what he would do, or his army would do. Maybe they would just, like you said, form just one person. Yeah. Well, I guess the Laura Cross could do that too, form one person. But would they, though? And then the Pikmin would would dissolve into several hundred different people. He would do the opposite. Oh, this is way too much to wrap my head around. At this point, I'm just... (laughs) uh, I'm lost. (laughs) Imagine, like... And see, next time we could do three crossovers. Like, throw Pokemon into the mix. Throw what else could you throw into the mix? Let's here, see. Uh, I think the Pokemon would be cool. Having to like yeah. battle your Laura Crofts versus other yeah. Laura Crofts. <laughs> Croft Chew. <laughs> Lurtle. <laughs> Laura Mom. <laughs> Croft uh, Mander. <laughs> Crofty Sore. Uh, crew <laughs> instead of Mew, crew, crew two. Just every Pokemon mixed with Laura Croft, like Magneto or whatever that one is. The the three Magnet dudes would be um like three Laura Croft heads. <laughs> Horrifying. Yep. Uh, so then the singular one is just one floating yeah. Lara Croft. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Jinx would just be Laura Croft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pikachu Croft. Oh. Yeah, Pikachu and Laura Croft mixed. A lot of interesting potential there. A lot of interesting potential with all these mix-ups. Let's see. And then you throw Animal Crossing into the mix, and it just uh, it, it goes all up. All up into smoke. A village of Laura Crofts who have armies of Olimars as they... Uh, I don't know. Too much. Too much. Fight each other. Too much. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Too much. Now, before we wrap up this podcast, I'll end it with a quick, a quick, a quick little intro. (laughs) Working on this make your own adventure Mario story that I'll start inserting into the podcast. And I'll end this episode with a quick little intro. And uh, I'll let you guys, and this time it's just you guys, so I can just say you guys and not add on. I was about to say you guys and gals, and then I realized, well, no, it is just you guys this time. So, I'll just say you all. There we go. That that covers everything. Now, this adventure, um, you'll get to choose how it goes. I'll get to a part, and I'll give you three options, an A, B, and a C. And you can make a choice, and then the story will go down that uh, 
route accordingly. And this is set in the Mario world, of course. So picture the Mushroom Kingdom, picture even more specifically Peach's Castle. And it's a beautiful day. The sun's rays are just gently coming up and reaching out over the land. It's it's dawn. And inside the grandest bedroom of Peach's Castle, Mario snoozes away. He's got his best PJs. He's tucked very comfortably into his bed. He's lost in his own dreamland. Kirby's dreamland. Anyway, he's wearing a cap. He's the little ball at the end of it is blowing in and out with his snoring, you know, completely gone. But then suddenly, to break all the peace and silence, there's a knock on the door. And Mario can't believe it. Well, that's after he... I'm sorry. Mario leaps out of the bed and for a brief moment does not know who he is or where he is. And as he slowly recollects his senses, he can't believe that at this ungodly hour, someone's rapping upon the door. So flustered, he puts on his slippers, he heads downstairs to the front door of Peach's castle. And he opens it. And he should have had a peephole installed, but anyway, he opens it. And he sees A, a paracoupa delivering, delivering a letter. B, a bob about to explode. Or C, nothing. What do you Ooh. two say he sees? I, I really want to see, like, let's start with a bang, man. <laughs> bob yeah, okay, Just, cool. I was going to say B for Brennan. Nice. Yeah, I say go for it. Awesome. Alright, so you choose B, a bob bomb about to explode. Well, when Mario sees the bob bomb about to explode, he screams. Wah! <laughs> and he leaps backwards, plugging his ears at the same time with his fingers. The bob bomb explodes, and the little creature... Covered in ash and his purpose served, walks walks away. Mario hasn't been too injured by it, though his doorway is gone. And, still shaking with adrenaline, he gets up, stumbles towards the door, and, the initial shot beginning to wear off, he wonders who could have sent this bob Who in the world could have sent this bob So he... Well, first, he quickly gets dressed into his regular Mario outfit, and he heads out to find the culprit. And he starts looking around the castle grounds. And after hours, he doesn't find anyone. So he sits down in a bench that they have set up in a beautiful garden near the castle, and he starts to hang his head down and rest and relax. And then suddenly... He notices that a shadow has covered him. He sees a shadow cover the ground. And he recognizes the silhouette. And he slowly turns up, and indeed, yes, it is Wario standing in front of him. But Mario notices that Wario has something in his hand. It's not a bob-omb. 
yet something else. And what Wario is holding in his hand, you'll have to decide next time on the Game Luster Podcast. Oh, no, come man. on. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, really. Well, a grand adventure is awaiting, um, but we'll have to see next time. On the Game Luster Podcast. Now, um, so we will suspend it there and we leave Mario looking up at Wario with the mysterious thing in Wario's hand. And I will now ask you to, any closing thoughts, final words, hashtag callouts, whatever else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this episode. Well, to anyone who hasn't played Dark Souls before, do yourself a favor. Try it out. It's going to suck at first, maybe a little bit. You'll die a lot. But I'm telling you, it is very worth it. I agree with that. Austin? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, I'm living it one week at a time, so I don't know what the future has in store. Mm. But just look forward to... uh, more reviews by me. Of course. Definitely play Dark Souls. Well, I'll narrow it down beyond even you and say one day at a time. Or one episode at a time. On Twitter... Well, I'll, I'll do this. On Twitter, I'm at Benny the Guard. All lowercase. Uh, underscores between the words. The little lines at the bottom. At Benny the Guard. And... We are at Game Lester on Twitter. Not too hard to remember. And we take it one episode at a time. And this has been another episode of the Game Lester podcast. Thank you, Austin and Brennan, for joining me. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. And tune in next time. <laughs>